Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. Uh, it's December, and I've just realized there's only 80 shopping years left to Christmas 2100. I, I've actually already done all of my shopping for the next Christmas is leading up to 2100. Wow. No wonder we're sitting here with a bunch of tissue boxes, but that's interesting. Yeah. Did you get your the gift I sent you? Uh, yes, I did. Thank you. Uh, it has been seized by customs. <laughs> Sorry, Australian Border Force. Well, I figure if I send enough of them out, one of them will get through. Mm-hmm. What do you know? No, it didn't work. So, yeah, I, I, I really want to revisit this idea of leadership. We, we talked about leadership in that last episode but maybe it wasn't the very last episode that we did but and since we did that episode i have unlike most things in life i have actually really thought about this it's it actually sort of bothered me because i i feel like the response i gave looking back and as i was kind of thinking about it i feel like the response i gave was the typical canned response Okay, well, what makes a good leader, Mike? Well, it's uh, it's confidence, it's competence. And then, of course, you're jotting down notes. And you said, well, actually, Mike, the third point you said was support. I said, well, I didn't say support. But anyway, let's say confidence, competence, and a bit of support. But I, I was hoping to revisit this today because I have actually thought about this, Matt. Mm. And uh, and maybe we can throw that out there and, and see if it sparks some additional conversation. Or, yeah. Yeah, kind of see how it goes. So, so on the conversation, we did get a query from the last podcast did you want to do that now or at the end it's yeah, just let, about feedback actually yeah let's hit that yeah okay. let's hit that now yeah so let's park the uh, the other one so the question is i do have a question regarding verbal feedback um you discussed at length providing feedback to your team and coaching on how to give feedback as a leader the question is what is the best approach for a consultant or team member to provide feedback to their manager so how do you make how do you make sure that you don't offend your manager or undermine them? Good question. I'm going to give you feedback shortly, Mike. How do you feel about that? So, right. so this is the question. Really, the question comes down to um, you're in a team or you're consulting to somebody and you want to give them feedback. And I'm assuming here that the feedback is not is not praise. It's 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 constructive feedback about an improvement they can make. How do you do it without offending them? And how do you do it in a way that uh, improves the relationship, doesn't destroy the relationship? Mm. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you, I mean, have you been in this situation? Do you, do you try to, when you do this, do you try to take a tactful approach or do you just kind of, you know, run straight in like a bull and just, yeah. how do you normally go about this? And that's, that's just struck a bit of a nerve actually, because it, for me over the years, I have, unfortunately developed a habit of being um, not necessarily the bull at the gate but brutally honest uh, yeah and you've got to be self-aware about that there is a time and a place for brutal um, feedback to your manager you know and if you you're not self-aware of of your own style uh, of giving and receiving feedback that's a bit of a problem so I always say that know yourself before you start um, firing off feedback the better feedback for me that came from my uh, from my team was always, you know, it wasn't on day one, you know. So if I walk into a, a new project as a consultant, or if I'm, you know, first day on the job as a new a new staff member, and I'm about to give feedback to a manager of who or you know, a client that I've met probably 15 minutes ago, 
there hasn't been enough time to develop trust, I would have thought, and I may not know the full story behind the behaviour that I'm seeing. So I think you really do have to uh, time it well. Uh, so it's a question of time equals uh, more time equals more trust. You get to know the person. You get to know uh, their style. You'll understand where your feedback style uh, will fit with their ability to receive it. I always like feedback to be, whether it's, uh, you know, positive feedback or whether it's constructive feedback about an, an opportunity for improvement to be about fact. Mm. Fact, not I think you're doing this, I heard. You know, it's factual. It can be backed up by a factual observation of something that was seen or is continuing to be seen that a person can then understand. If you're asking them to guess about ambiguous feedback, um, your point will be lost and again potentially your credibility with that client or manager will be severely diminished so make it fact yeah and there there is that famous saying in um you know space force that you know bad you know bad bad wine doesn't get better with age like all things even if you're giving feedback to your boss once you've developed the trust and it's the right time you understand their style don't sit on it for months you know come in and say hey mike i didn't really like the way that you spoke to me in that meeting uh, on the first of january last year mike's just gonna go wow okay what else have you got for me mm. so it's a bit mm. of also a bit about that timeliness but so that's that's where i'm thinking of a bit of uh, trust understanding yourself understanding your leader and making it, it factual it can be observed it's not it's not an opinion yeah that very basic leadership things. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think in that point about fact, you know, this kind of, for me, would take it into sort of kind of this intuitive versus rational decision-making. I, I, I really like the approach where we use sort of a comparison. So I, I, I think if you've got really good rapport with the manager and you can talk openly and honestly, this isn't an issue, right? You can just basically say, Hey, uh, let's let's take a concrete example so we've got something to latch onto here let's talk about the use of say control charts or any sort of chart to show data in a meeting okay and and maybe what you're trying to do is you're trying to get your boss to actually show some data and make his or her decisions based on the data okay and you've got a situation where this boss refuses to make to to look at the data refuses to look at the evidence and they only ever want to make decisions based on their gut. Okay, so let's make this a concrete example and say, in this case, what you would like is you would like your boss to just start looking at some numbers and, and use the data to make a decision. So again, now I think there's two scenarios. One is you know the person really well, and in which case you can pull her aside and you can say, hey, uh, it might help. It might be good if we start to incorporate numbers. Here's the reason why, X, Y, and Z. And here's how I think it might get a better outcome. That, that's one way to do it. But I think most of the time there's that barrier of separation between the manager and the, and the employee. And I think a, a more optimal course of action is actually to use this idea of comparison. And I think a good way to do it is to say, during the one-on-one with the manager, you sit down and you say, I have a situation with one of my stakeholders, one of my team members, and... I can't get that person to make a decision based on data. 
right? And you, you kind of lay out the structure of your argument. And what actually happens is you start talking about the negativity of that situation. And it actually, a lot of times, will cast a light back on the individual you're having the conversation with. Mm. So, so they don't necessarily want to be that person as well. So you're having this conversation about, let's say your manager's name is Jane, and you're having a conversation about Tom, about the use of data in their sessions. And while you're talking about how Tom refuses to look at information, it's also starting to take hold in Jane's mind. And you you can actually ask your your manager the question, how should I deal with this? How would I deal with this if I wanted to get Tom to use more data? How can I present the information? What's the argument? And what you'll find is that in a lot of cases, Jane will actually start helping you solve the, the challenge with Jane. She'll start giving you her own objectives and the ways that you can kind of work with her. And, and I find that to be a really, really good way mm. to actually address the problem within, in a roundabout way without creating any sort of confrontation and at the same time starting to bring in some just basic behavioral change mm. uh, in, in a positive way. Thoughts on that? There's two really important points there. Uh, one is it's the one-on-one that... It's a basic rule. If you are a team member or a team leader, praise in public, constructive criticism in private. Mm. Okay, so if you're going to call your boss out in the, you know, in in the first team meeting of the year, good luck. I'll send you a postcard and yep. tell you how it goes. So that's the first one. But then, enlisting the help of the um, your manager, you know, whether it's Jake, Jane, or or, or Jimmy, is a clever way of potentially diffusing a fear that the manager has of data. And you might find that you could have it cast back at you. So, well, okay, let's, what are your thoughts, Mike? Where are we going with this? And if the manager trusts you or the leader trusts you, you might find that they, that they say, look, data's not my strong point. Mm. You know, I really... You know, so you, you, you're actually diffusing that fear of having a, a leader admit, heaven forbid, that they're not good at something. Mm. They're doing it in private. Um, and it's a reverse mentoring. Mm. Yeah, that may not happen, but it's it, it potentially, I think there's an outcome that could come there is increased trust in you because you've come to them privately, talked to a problem, that they can recognize that you're a subject matter expert and then they can then start becoming comfortable with getting advice about data rather than fearing data. Because let's face it, there'll be plenty of things in the room when you're not the smartest person in the room. Mm. But that's a good example of a way to provide a very comfortable environment for a manager to start using your expertise rather than pushing back because they don't understand something. And I don't. It's it could be data. It could be any aspect of of team leadership or management. But uh, yeah, I agree. Cool. So there you go. There's a couple of different ways you can approach it. You can take the direct method, depending upon the relationship, the trust, or you can take the the indirect method. Hope that helps. All right. So thanks for that. Now one quick update. So since I recorded that session with Matt, I've actually confirmed David. Tronez's availability to host a seminar. Now, a lot of people have asked about training, they've asked about certification, they've asked about how to get more comfortable and build competency with using these root cause analysis and solution ideation tools. Well, David is actually one of my mentors. He's one of my very first coaches. And he, he and Larry Ball are the ones that are responsible for 
essentially teaching me how to use the physics-based cause tree. And that's exactly what this seminar is about. So we've locked them in for December 17th, which is uh, the coming up this Thursday. And we've got two sessions that he's going to deliver. We've got a 7 to 8.30 a.m. and then another session from 12 to 1.30 p.m. And the idea is in that session is he's going to talk about identifying, essentially, I'm not going to say root cause, but identifying the causal structure, how to break it down into its component parts, and then how to take it and not just come up with sort of your average, ordinary, everyday solutions, but really how to come up with elegant, simple, clean solutions that you can actually get across the line. Anyway, so very, very excited to have him. If you're available, if you're around, I'd love to have you attend. Um, the link is on mikeirossi.com. If you just have a look at the event section, you'll see a link there to the Eventbrite webinar. And it's 26, I think it's 2650 uh, per ticket per person. And like I said, two sessions. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic session. Love to see you there. And thanks once again for tuning in to the Insane Transformation Podcast. We'll see you soon.